Welcome to HJ Talks About Charities, a dedicated podcast series from our charities team at Hugh James. In this podcast, we talk about topical issues and the latest developments affecting charitable and not-for-profit organisations to help provide some practical guidance to ensure they run effectively. We are lawyers, so we will touch on the legal standpoint surrounding the topics, but don't worry, we'll keep the legal ease to a minimum. So, hi Vlad. Hi Roman. It's been a few months since uh, we did our last podcast, but obviously we've been working together since then, much to our joint delight. Uh, we now are sat here with a huge majority Tory government. We are indeed. What a Friday morning. <laughs> indeed. Uh, were you there queuing up and voting? I was actually. It was probably the reason why I was late coming in. <laughs> <laughs> True. Very good reason. Yeah, I was there as well. I was the first one at the polling station. That's never been the case before, but... Uh, so I was keen to get to my desk and get cracking with work. So I was there and uh, obviously exercised my democratic right to vote. And, uh, yeah, we woke up on Friday morning, probably a bit fuzzy-headed because we had our team Christmas do the, the evening before. But as I said, with a strong Tory government, a government that can no doubt press on and get many of the policies that it wants through, not least of all the uh, dreaded B-word uh, Brexit. Well, we've lasted, what, two minutes and we're on to Brexit already. <laughs> Thank so, you very much. Uh, that's, that's, that's where we are at the moment. But uh, it, it was an interesting campaign. Um, I think most people would agree that it seems to have sort of polarised a lot of individuals' voters. Um, but really, one of the key things that we're looking at is what's the impact um, on charities and, and what, what are we looking for the next five years under the Tory rule? Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? And... I mean, at the moment, what we've got to go on really is the the manifesto, the Get Brexit Done manifesto. Um, Now, obviously, it's just been reported that Boris Johnson is looking to make an amendment to the Brexit bill to make it illegal for Parliament to extend the negotiation process beyond the end of next year. So some people are fearing a no-deal Brexit is back on the table. We don't know whether that's the case, but under the present deal, I know Legacy Foresight estimated that um, legacy income will rise by nearly £600 million over the next five years. Now, whether or not that will actually turn out to be the mm. case remains to be seen. But what we've got in the manifesto is that there's going to be extra funding for the NHS. We know that, that there's this figure of 50,000 more nurses and 50 million more GP surgery appointments a year, 20,000 more police and tougher sentencing, an Australian-style points-based system. <clears throat> Here's the key one for those in the third sector. Millions more apparently are going to be invested every week in science, schools, apprenticeships and infrastructure, but crucially while controlling debt. And we'll obviously talk about that mm. in a second. We've got uh, reaching net zero carbon by 2050. And then there's no plans to raise the rate of income tax, VAT or NI. What's not mentioned there, though, especially the tax point, is something that I think you've touched on before, isn't it, about the charities? on tax. That's right. Um, a couple of months before the uh, election kicked off, a report was uh, published. It had been two years in the making, and it was essentially um, a proposal and a, and a detailed report as to how to go about reforming the charity tax system. It's been it'd been twenty years since uh, any substantial, significant reforms had actually been um, implemented. And it really needed to sort of bring us up into the 21st century. Uh, With gift aid, there's proposals that there'd be a mandatory payroll scheme that employees can opt out so their their gross 
uh, uh, salary, they could use some of that to, 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 for charitable giving, which I think really, I certainly speaking amongst the team here, I think would go down very well indeed. Yeah. And, and likewise, um, on, on, on a more long-term basis, they were looking at uh, reforming business rates and VAT, so a complete structural overhaul. Um, I think the, the, the slight worry is um, Brexit, really, and, and, and I think the amount of time that that's potentially going to consume. So, unfortunately, it looks as if it's on the back burner now. However, the report was very detailed and hopefully will st you know, stand us in good stead for the future when perhaps maybe there is a little clearer legislative timetable and it'll allow us to, um, to scrutinise it appropriately. So, luckily, I mean, we've obviously both reviewed the manifesto in, in some detail and what we've got here, there are a number of points, but what they're saying is that there's, there are some big plans for spending here, but what Boris Johnson and the party are saying is that their fiscal rules, they say, mean that public sector net investment will not average more than 3% of gross domestic product. And if debt interest reaches 6% of revenue, they'll reassess the plans to keep debt under control. I think, you know, for some people, there's a fear that, that means more austerity. It's packaged and perhaps in a different label, but yeah, I, th I think you're probably on the money there. And, and you know, so, so there's a concern, well, okay, there's more austerity, so that inevitably means that there's going to be an increasing reliance on the third sector to plug those gaps in social care, in, you know, the provision of public services that can't be met by the local authorities, by government, where there, there, there isn't that funding in place. And so because of that increasing reliance, one would have hoped perhaps to have seen a clear idea of what's going to be in the manifesto for charities and for the third sector. Now, I think you and I have both did a bit of a cheat and used a control F function <laughs> on the manifesto. And there's the what? Three mentions of charity or charities in it? Three mentions indeed. Um, and I think for impartiality, we should certainly set these out really. And I mean, the holistic statements, I think, are broadly speaking, well, should come as welcome news to the third sector. Um, they say that they stand for those who give their time to help others, the charities, community groups and volunteers who already do so much to make our country a better place. Uh, and they go on to say, we will continue to support charities which have helped to transform our public services. Now, that last sentence, I think, is the one that you and I both picked up on uh, a little. Yeah. I mean, reading between the lines, does that, given everything that you've explained about the, the financial management of the next five years, does that mean that they're going to look to charities to essentially plug the gap where potentially there isn't going to be as much net increase in spending on, on public services? And if, if it does, I mean, that's going to be a, a, a bigger drain on charities who are going to need a projected income over the next five years, really, to continue to support the significant efforts that they're all going to. Now, in terms of the tangible things within the manifesto that relate to you know, those in the sector that we work with. We've got, I mean, a starting point, and I think this was something which has been echoed by all the main political parties in their, in their campaigns, was essentially this idea, this tenet of treating mental health with the same urgency as physical health. Mm -hmm. So they say they're going to legislate uh, so that patients su suffering from mental health conditions, including anxiety or depression, can have greater control over their treatment and they're looking at increased spending, aren't they, for, I think it's uh, for research into dementia. Yeah. Uh, which is absolutely, you know, welcome. I think they, they've quoted, what well, they're saying they'll be, they'll be doubling research funding into dementia. 
um, and providing £74 million over the next three years for additional capacity in community care settings for those with learning disabilities and autism. Yeah, no, that, that's quite right. And, and similarly, on, on, on that thread, they're looking also to, um, to pledge to drive £500 million towards disadvantaged people using what they're call, calling the UK Shared Prosperity Fund. Now, this is essentially going to be a replacement fund for when we leave the EU. They've quite categorically made that clear. And they've said that they hope that the fund is going to be better targeted than its EU predecessor, um, at a minimum, matching the size of existing funds in the UK. Uh, they also comment about uh, ensuring local councils deliver more services, although at this stage that's about as much as we have. Implementation um, and the detail surrounding that perhaps will follow. I mean, yeah, gone are the days when, uh, when party leaders would uh, set their actual manifestos in stone. I think Ed <laughs> Miliband tried that once and he was, he was mocked and so I think they should remain on paper and in electronic form. Um, they're looking at school investments, aren't they? So looking at an extra £14 billion in funding for schools. Um, now, there were interesting stats I read in, I think on BBC News Online the other week about how, again, you know, schools, academies are desperately reliant now upon fundraising from parents uh, to, to be able to, to pay to buy things like books and so on. I mean, you know, when you actually look at it at you know, the grassroots level, or the coalface rather, it's, it's clear that public services are really struggling given the years of austerity we've had. So, you know, an extra 14 billion, that, that's, you know, that, that's a good thing in terms of funding. How that will, you know, how that will translate into you know, the day-to-day -day world, I don't know. Um, um, what I might pick you up on that £14 billion point, um, it's only because it's been reported in the last 24 hours that a number of leading charities and senior Conservatives have been urging the government to abandon their plans to axe the UK's £14 billion mm. foreign aid department. So you wonder how the creative the maths is getting. But, well, uh, it's, uh, well, I say it's rubbing pizza to pay, pay Paul, but it's, yeah, it's um, looking to benefit it at the expense of, say, funding elsewhere, isn't it? And... Uh, Potentially, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Um, but I guess, I mean, something has to give to... I think it's no coincidence that those figures tie in, is it? No, it, it isn't at all. I mean, what's also interesting is to find out how the sector have responded, um, given, you know, it's, this is, it's, it's been, what, four or five days now under, under the new government. And broadly speaking, I think it, it's fair to summarise, you know, the leaders of the sector's representative bodies by saying that they want the government to listen more to them and to engage more with them. I think that's always been the message and it will continue to be the message again, given, given perhaps um, some other domestic aspects are, 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 are more pressing on them at the moment. But for example, the, the Association of Chief Executives of Voluntary Organisations, uh, they're emphasising that the role of civil society has never been more important in creating unified and healthy communities. Um, they really want to try and amplify the voices of those most often ignored by the government um, and holding the government's feet to the fire on addressing social, uh, environmental and community issues, which you think you picked up on from the very outset. Yeah, it's going to be a case, it sounds like, of increased lobbying and actually you know, the third sector are diverting yet more resources to lobbying the government to have their voices heard. That's what it certainly sounds like. That's right. I mean, from a, from a Labour perspective, I think that they had in their manifesto, they intended to, to remove the Lobbying Act to allow charities to do more lobbying. Um, obviously, that's fallen by the wayside to a certain degree, but it would have been interesting had they uh, been able to set the legislative agenda for the next five years. So we've got, obviously, 
focus there we've got on the schools on social care um there's also um obviously they're going to keep universal credit in place um and they're looking at greater protection you know in terms of the home from you know domestic violence harassment against uh or religious groups and lgbt mm-hmm. uh, q people we're looking at um ensure you know counseling extremism um, and they've also got a section dedicated on animal welfare as well um, and they've been actually you know they've been quite specific here uh, in that so looking at tougher sentences for animal cruelty mm-hmm. cracking down on illegal smuggling of dogs and puppies new laws on you know on, on a whole range of topics here and then the final one they say is obviously bringing forward cat microchipping uh giving cat owners peace of mind and increasing the measures we have available to tackle cat theft. Um, well, you know, it's a, uh, I, I, you know, I, and, and absolutely, you know, I don't know what's the cat. So I, I, I hadn't in all realized realize that, that that was such a big issue, but there, but we have that there and um, they're going to establish a new 500 million pound blue planet fund. Um, is that to keep David Attenborough permanently alive? I think and, so. I think know. I think that's it. He's uh, he's the one good thing we've got in this nation. We've got to keep that man going. Um, so, so, so we've got these things. Um, but, and look, they they all sound good, good in theory, and you know, there's a lot, you know, here the 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 big buzzwords within the manifesto are unleashing Britain's potential, making a, a great Britain even greater making you know making britain great again should i dare i say it but in terms of the tangible stuff you know, there's there isn't really very much that we can look to especially for the third sector is it? there is this you know the, the uk shared prosperity fund the community ownership fund and the 500 million pounds to invest in youth clubs and services but other than that can, can you see very much i can't see a huge deal at this moment in time it may be that they really need to uh to get a couple of domestic items off the agenda and then hopefully um, listen to to what the leaders of the, the, the third sector are saying, their organisations, that you know they need that engagement on a real sub- significant, substantial le- level rather than simply paying lip service. But ultimately, if they do want to make Britain great again and, and unleash Britain's potential, placing the charitable sector front and centre will invariably help unite the country and, and help those who need it the most. Agreed. I mean, I've, I've got nothing really to add to that. I think I think that's right. I think, as you say, if we're if increasingly with austerity, we're going to be relying on on the third sector, which it looks like we are. We need to help support it. So, I agree entirely. If you'd like to take part in the conversation, suggest a topic, or need some further guidance for your organisation, please get in touch at charities at hjtalks.co.uk. For more information on Hugh James and the services we offer, visit hughjames.com or check us out on Twitter at Hugh James Legal.